trains on flight. It's a mad game that makes you stop and swing. Need an assist? You can resist. We'll make quite a pair. We'll slide on in. Your magic little wicked queen. Take a spin. The evil cannot get us. Good evening from Shadow City, and welcome to the Jack-O-Lantern Press Podcast, where we discuss monsters and Halloween. My name is Michael Piccarella. And my name's Tom Piccarella. And tonight's episode, Zombies and Halloween Flicks. Yep, a messy mashup for you this evening. We're strolling through the zombie-infested hard luck lane, and we'll share with you some zombie content. Then we'll make a wrong turn down a back alley to the studio strip and sneak onto the Shadow City Studios movie lot to check out the film library, where we'll name some of the movies we like to watch to get us in the mood for Halloween. But first, Tom, uh, last weekend you were at the Farmer's Market selling our book, Transylvania Traveler, and so I just wanted to check in with you and see how that all went. Yep, so... uh... So basically, we went to the farmer's market early in the morning. It started at 8 a.m. We got oh, down this is there. in we Moscow, our... Idaho. Did I say that yep. already? Yeah, okay. Moscow, Idaho. And, uh, you know, we set up our, our booth and got our books stacked up there. And, uh, and then the market opened. And I would say probably uh, maybe 45 minutes in, um, I started getting a lot of people that were interested in in the the poster basically the cover of of the book the artwork that um you know frank hansen did for us and uh and people were coming up they were excited about it there was a lot of of halloween lovers uh that were out there you know i had a couple of people say i had no idea there was other people that were were into halloween like you guys are and um you know, we had a, a lot of book sales, uh, got to sign a lot of things, met a bunch of people, uh, some other local authors. Um, I also met uh, a, uh, a young lady. Um, her name is Kat uh, Dipple. I hope I pronounced her last name right. She actually is a 16-year-old uh, girl that is selling um, handmade plush creatures and her company oh, wow. name is called Little Mon- Little L I L Monsters. Um, unfortunately, she doesn't actually have a website so that you could go and see some of her creations. But I was extremely intrigued um, by some of the things that she made. Uh, she has these backpacks that are made up uh, into monsters. Um, she has little stuffed animals. I mean, it, it was impressive. Um, and after talking oh, cool. with her mom, yeah, after talking with her mom, uh, apparently she's been doing this for since she was 10. So I wanted to, to just put a shout out to her. Her name is Kat Dipple, and she is at the Moscow Farmer's Market. So anybody local to Moscow, shoot down on Saturdays and go check out her booth. Um, it's called is Little Is there a Monsters. way to contact her somehow? Way um, to contact she does her? have a Gmail account. Uh, called Lil Monster Plushies at gmail.com. So that's L I L Monster Plushies, P L U S H I E S, at gmail.com. And like I said, I know that there's, 
there's not any pictures or anything like that. But for anybody local, um, I would check her out. And maybe she's got a Facebook. I, I actually didn't ask her, but there's a possibility that she might be on social media and have stuff that that people could take a look at. But I uh, definitely wanted to give a shout out to her. Um, I also wanted to thank Alicia, who came down to, uh, or actually she was my kind of my my lot partner. Um, she sat right next to me and she was selling some of her, uh, these little bags. Um, and she was really great. She helped me out a lot. So I wanted to give a shout out to her as well. So yeah, I, it went great. The farmer's market had a lot of people and we had a lot of book sales. So I was, I was definitely impressed and we'll be back down there again this weekend and, uh, several weekends from now until, uh, the market closes, which is in October. Uh, the end of October, nice. anyways. Very cool. That sounds really cool. Uh, I do have one question about the girl making the plushies. Uh, I would imagine other people have the same question, and that is, did she buy a book? Um, I think her mom <laughs> was going to buy a book, but uh, they, they did not buy a book. Uh, but what? there was a lot of people surrounding that bought a book but yeah i'll have to i'll have to work on her and make sure that they uh they get a book yeah how the heck is she supposed to uh travel transylvania safely or dangerously in this case if she doesn't have a guide well that that is true that is true i'll have to talk to her about that because uh yeah she's definitely gonna need one she's gonna need it so if you bought the book at the farmer's market and you're listening, or, or if you bought the book anywhere else for that matter, then you'll know all about Shadow City. Those who still haven't checked out the book, you can go to jackolanternpress.com. That's jackolanternpress.com, and you can purchase it from there. It'll actually take you to Amazon. Um, but the book, again, is called Transylvania Traveler. Uh, which takes you on a tour through Transylvania's 13 wild and deadly districts, including Shadow City, where we are tonight. And I wanted to read a little excerpt from the book. Um, in each of the, the chapters of the book, which each chapter is one of the 13 districts, there's a little description of the surroundings, which is where we are now. If you're, if you're hearing the background, we're actually in Shadow City on Hard Luck Lane. And... And that's the sounds of the street that you hear there. But uh, I wanted to just uh, read a little description from the book. Um, and it says here, Think Frank Miller's Sin City, the graphic novels and the films. The 2013 TV series Mob City and the book it's based on, L.A. Noir by John Bunton, for their dark, seedy characters and mood or even the 2011 video game L.A. Noir and the collection of short stories under the same title that accompanied the game. Think 2015's video game Call of Duty 3 Black Ops and its Shadows of Evil zombie map. Brimming with boxing rings and bookie joints, corrupt cops and killers, and the dead come back to life as zombies, Shadow City is a dark, claustrophobic, smoky place that caters to the tough, the corrupt, the brokenhearted, and the hardened, who will stop at nothing to get ahead, and they'll stop at nothing for some brains. In today's age, do you know what your kids are? If they're not mutants in this town, they're most definitely zombies, and they flourish here in the constant rain and never-ending heat. 
gunshots are to them, like the sound of birds singing in a peaceful meadow. Old cars are driven on the streets, the streets filled with grindhouse theaters, scummy dive bars, and sleazy nightclubs. Beings of all kinds come to this rotten city thinking they can get out of any jams they may be in, party all night and have a good time, but what they end up with is lousy luck followed by a you-lose chaser. So that's a little description, that's where we are right now, and we are headed down the street. Um, if you were uh, listening in the beginning, you heard a song, it's called Snakeskin Boots, it's a song by Jack Wall from the Call of Duty Black Ops 3 game, um, which we mentioned in the book there. Um, and I remember, uh, I went to Fright Fest the year that game came out, um, this is at Magic Mountain in, in Los Angeles, and they had a, a Black Ops, like Call of Duty game, actually put on a walkthrough at Magic Mountain. It was at the Apocalypse roller coaster, and they set up kind of scenes from the video game. And I remember when I saw it, I thought, that thing, <laughs> this was the best walkthrough. And all it was was the queue up to the ride, but they set up like this zombie boxing ring, and they had this little back alley. And it was the coolest walkthrough because it was very film noir, but it had all these zombies in it. And I remember yeah, when I, remember, I saw it, I, th I actually remember that that piece uh, in the the game. It's it's part of the zombies um, portion of the game where you you start out on a on a level and then you got to open up different secret things and gather materials to open. Dude, up the it's next, sweet. Like, bay. It, it, yeah. The game actually is really, really cool too with the environments that they did. They they spent so much time, I think, just piecing that together to make it like a noir uh, sort of setting. And if anybody has played that, um, that's kind of the way that Shadow City looks. Or just watch yeah, it was like I was City or, or yeah, I was I mean, almost mad that that this thing came out because we were working on Shadow City at the time. We had already had an idea for it. And I remember thinking, dang, this is just like what, what we wanted to, to yeah, what we want to yeah. create. But then again, it was awesome to see the thing, you know, to walk walk through the queue. It was like I wanted to go on the ride again just to walk through that queue. And then, of course, I bought the game. Uh, you know, the excuse was my son who played video games, but it was like I just wanted to see the game because it, it it's really cool. But dang, it's getting pretty busy out here on these streets. I'm thinking maybe we yeah, should take some cover is. and maybe a. Oh, there looks like there's a closed-up store there. Let's see if we can. Oh yeah, there we go. The door's unlocked. You want to jump in let's there? Head on yeah. In. Let's jump yeah. in there. Cool. All right. So yeah. So what we're gonna do tonight is we're gonna talk about uh, some zombie content because here we are in this place full of zombies and then later on in the show we're gonna see if we can head head over to uh, the Shadow City Studios check out their film library and we're gonna talk about some some of our favorite movies that we like to watch as we prepare for Halloween it kinda gets us in the mood so first off let's start with some zombie stuff and Tom I know that you had a bunch of stuff that you've been bleeding to share so I'm just gonna hand it over to you the first thing I wanna bring up is an audiobook that I listened to on Audible. Um, it's World War Z. It is uh, it's a book by Max Brooks. Um, it's narrated by an excellent Which Max cast. Brooks, Max Brooks is Mel Brooks' son, by yeah. the way, the filmmaker. And 
and it's it's narrated by by of course Max Brooks, um, Alan Alda, John Turturro, and Rob Reiner, and plus there's a oh. ton of other really oh, they have many big voices. Cast. Oh I didn't yeah, know dude, that. there's probably like like ten or fifteen voices. Um, cause oh basically wow! The plot, the 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 plot is is about um, you know each person's uh, take or or their experience while the zombies are are coming in and taking over basically the 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 planet so um, or all around the the world I mean you're, it goes into all different countries different different um, sections of the of earth and it's it's unbelievable if people are interested in zombies and want to to read it uh, it has a four out of five stars and that's out of 9064 reviews I mean, is this huge. is that the is that the the thing the zombie item that kind of got you obsessed with zombies is that the one or was there something else and it led to this um you know I don't I don't know if I would say it was what got me into zombies, but I would say that this book was really well done. I mean, it was released August 30, 30th of 2006, so it's not like it's terribly old, um, but it is old um, or older. Uh, but it was just so well done. The cast definitely went out of their way to make it more interesting with all the different voices um and the story is is great uh so definitely need to check it out i mean you could you could get it on audible i'm sure you could find it in other places probably on on you know the apple store there to you know itunes store and whatnot um but it it's it's great so that is my my first zombie thing that i wanted to bring up for people to to take a look at and listen to nice i kind of you know i was i was asking that question because i mean i've always i always kind of liked zombie stuff but i was never really obsessed and then of course the walking dead came out and you know people got obsessed with it but maybe a few years after that i watched again uh, for the second time, Return of the Living Dead, which came out in 1985. And I remember yeah, we saw movie. that. Yeah, so we saw that when we were kids. And I remember it It was scary as a kid. I think we saw it in 86, which would have made me like a fourth or fifth grader, I think. And uh, and I thought, and I remember it being scary, but then watching it again, it, there, it, it's, you know, very humorous. There's a lot of funny stuff in there. But this that movie really kicked off my obsession with zombies. And all of a sudden, it was like I came late to the party because people were already, you know, getting crazy. All those books, you know, like World War Z and, and Max Brooks did another like zombie field guide. Uh, and it just became this this huge thing. Everyone was getting nuts about zombies. But this is what really got me looking into zombies like that that movie really excited me and it's a really cool movie with some great visual stuff the production designer was was a comic book artist and so he had like really cool zombie designs he had really cool stuff with with gates and doors and even just lettering it's a really cool visual movie really funny really great original scenes great acting 
uh, and I did a, I used to do this thing on, on my Facebook where I did these movie matchups and I had Return of the Living Dead versus Shaun of the Dead. And most people put Shaun of the Dead. Some people were like, oh, I can't pick, but I definitely chose Return of the Living Dead over it. It was just, to me, a much more Yeah, I would pick the Return of the Living movie. Dead for sure over Shaun of the Yeah, I would definitely pick that. But yeah, so that movie really, really got me into, you know, obsessing over zombie stuff. So I'm kind of wondering, because I know a few months back, you had read or heard or seen something where all of a sudden then you were just checking out all kinds of zombies. Like it just one thing led to another. And I'm wondering what that first thing was for you that really well, kicked I mean, it for, off. For this year, that really kicked it off. Um was, it was, it was back in, in April and actually it was back before that um and that goes to my second thing which is the world war z video game that was released on uh. april 16th Uh, the developer is Saber Interactive, and the publisher is uh, Mad Dog Games. And what I like about this game is that it encompasses the book very well. Um, the play is is a lot of fun. You could play with people, or you can play by yourself and and uh, venture around these these different areas like New York and all, a lot of the places that they mention in the book. And then there's just these hordes and hordes of zombies and what makes it so neat is that the animations in this game are amazing with if anybody has seen the movie which I was going to talk about the movie World War Z uh, that Brad Pitt was in that was released June 21st 2013 um, it was directed by Mark Foster um, I didn't think that movie was that great uh, it was okay uh, the video game and the and the the obviously the audio book that I mentioned before were way better than the movie. But if you put all three of those together, this video game just was amazing, and I still think is amazing. A lot of people are still playing it. I still play it. Um, but the they made hordes of zombies as they're running in, and it's it's just amazing you know go on youtube type in you know world war z video game 
gameplay and you will see a trailer um, that's just amazing. So I highly recommend if you're into video games, download this. Um, I, I believe you could get it on the, the Xbox, the PlayStation 4, uh, and of course the PC, which is what I play it on. So um, great, great game. Uh, check it out. Nice. What what else did you have? I was going to mention the the zombies for zombies book once I so once I saw Return of the Living Dead I you know I jumped on Amazon I know we talk about Amazon a lot people are gonna think we work there or something but but yeah I jumped on Amazon I just started looking for anything zombies and that's when I found uh, that zombies for zombies advice and etiquette for the Living Dead which came out in two thousand nine by David P Murphy. Um, and it has some great illustrations by Daniel Hurd, who, by the way, went to the Academy of Art, where I went to oh, film really? school, the Academy of Art in San Francisco. Yeah. And this That's is the neat. guy that illustrated the the Mad Scientist um, Hall of Fame by Daniel H. Wilson and Anna Long. He illustrated that book, too. But yeah, oh. I was reading it. I was like, wow. dude, he went to the Academy of Art. So well, that's you pretty know, cool. What's funny is you bring this book up because I actually had it on my list. And so I'm going to read a little, a little uh, a summary of what the book is that I that I read off of um, the website. It says zombies, zombies for zombies is a motivational guide designed specifically <laughs> to make profound difference in your accidental, strange new life. You say you don't want to become another one of those ghastly creatures you see on the news out in the Tempe containment zone. You don't have to if you follow the great advice inside, including how to dress for a new lifestyle, handy recipes for brains, fitness ideas for keeping you somewhat energetic, new skin care techniques to help ward off rotting flesh syndrome. I thought that was kind of funny. How to overcome that darned zombie social stigma and dance steps for the motor impaired. It's just funny, you know. It's it's more of a a comedy, uh, I think, but definitely has some good illustrations and good things about zombies. Yeah, in and it, it, and it, I it looks it. like it looks like one of those dummies books. Instead of like you know typing for dummies, it's zombies for zombies. And it's, you know, it's a yellow book. It's a really cool book. It, it's designed really well. A lot of fun stuff in it. I believe that he came up with a bunch of other zombies for zombies type stuff, workbooks and things like that. But it's it's a fun book. Uh, definitely worth checking out if you're into zombies. Yeah, and I also have one more thing, um, unless you have one more thing. No, that's all. That's all that I had that I was going to okay. mention anyway. Yeah. So the the last thing that I had on the list, which I mean, I can go for days on this as usual with content, but you know, we don't want to take up the whole podcast with zombie content, so we want to get into the movies. Um, but one last thing I want to bring up is is uh, everybody loves The Walking Dead, and I know um, you know people probably love the show, and I I watched the show and. I enjoyed it for a, a really long time um, as it got further and further into the the new seasons. I started kind of losing a little bit of interest just because it's really slow moving to me. Um, but what I really actually enjoy 
about The Walking Dead is the comic books by Robert Kirkman. Um, if anybody has watched the show The Walking Dead and hasn't seen the comic books, I highly recommend going down to your nearest comic book store or even jumping on Amazon um, and in getting these comic books because the illustrations in here are absolutely amazing. The 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 content, the storyline, they kind of follow uh, on The Walking Dead. I mean, towards the end when the comic books, you know, weren't keeping up, I think they were changing some of the storyline. But I would go back and I would definitely jump into the very first volume and start reading. And you will love what Robert Kirkman has done with this comic book. And I, I think he's still going with them. Um, I think right now he has like 193 uh, comic books out. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, he's I got I had no ton. idea there were so many. You know, that comic was so popular. And obviously when the TV show came out, it became more popular. But that comic book um, store near me that we always go to when you come down, they do like a zombie walk. Where people oh, wow. dress up like zombies and they actually do like a, it's like a, I think it's an actual run. I don't know how long it is, but, and it's like tons of people go to this thing dressed as zombies and they walk the streets. and It's actually pretty dang cool. And we live in so LA, so a lot of people have like stage makeup and, you know, professionals doing their makeup. So there was some crazy, and I don't even know if they still do it anymore, but they did do it, you know, at the height of The Walking Dead. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is when that show became, you know, was, was really big. And I mean, it probably still is big right now, but I remember that they were sending, some of the public safety uh, people, um, like the some of the firemen or the fire chief and, and some of the staff there, to a what would happen if a, a zombie apocalypse uh, came about. Like, they actually went through real training to oh, wow. deal with Like, where, where was this happening? I, I don't remember where it was happening, but I remember, like, some of our, our firefighters and some of the... The people that I was talking to said they had to go to like some training um, that had to deal with what happens <laughs> if an apocalypse sort of happened, like a zombie sort of thing. How would they deal with with that sort of outbreak? It was interesting. That's awesome. But yeah, so looking looking at the Wikipedia website, he definitely has uh, 193 uh, issues, um, October wow. of 2003. Till July of 2019, which is what it shows on Wikipedia. So obviously current. So October wow. of 2003 was when he started um, putting these comic books together, and he has 193 issues, which is nuts. I got a ton of them. I don't own all of them, but uh, it's by um, Image Comics, and uh, Man, definitely to, check them out. I need to get some of those because I haven't even. I've seen like images on online, but I got to just. I got to get at least one of the books and, and check it out, but it is cool. You know, I love, I love, I know some people are kind of, or at some, at a certain point they were getting sick of zombies cause they were everywhere, but it is very, it is, it's just cool. Zombies are cool. Uh, you know, there was even one time, you know, how, like uh, hunters will have like these hunting license stickers on their, on their trucks. There was this one guy who had that. And then right next to it, he had like a, 
uh, a license sticker that looked exactly like a real one, but it was for hunting zombies. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you know how those people on the back of their cars, they have, uh, you know, like all the family lined up. Oh, yeah. Like the all the figures. zombies. Lined yeah, up so yeah. Have like a big, two big zombies, <laughs> and then all the little little zombies for their kids. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, there's there's so much cool stuff. And actually, I, I was I'm watching this zombie movie right now. It was this Italian Spanish collaboration back in 1980 called Nightmare City, and uh, it's not the greatest, but it's kind of fun because it's not great. But there's just there's so many zombie movies out there, and obviously we're not giving giving a, a best of the best. But you know these are just some cool things that we've we've found that have got us excited about zombies. And uh, like ooh, I said, dang. I could go on oh, for days. Hey, we got to get out of here. There's the zombies just found out that we're in here. They're trying to get in the front door. I wonder if it's, there's a door in the back. Hang on, let's. Here we go, down here. Oh, here we go, here's a door. It looks like, we, let's, yeah, we can get out through yeah, here. Yeah, let's just go that way. All right, cool. So, um, all right, so that we head down this alleyway and right out here is the studio strip. Here we go. And uh, there's Shadow City Studios. So let's just cruise through the gate here. Don't, don't worry, because there's never any guards here. And uh, there's the library right now. It's right in this stage building. Let's slide this door open. And uh, right in here is the film library. A lot of films in here. And over the years, I know you and I have have uh, watched a lot of films between August and Halloween just to get ready for the season. Um, but Tom, do you, do you have any uh, that you want to bring up? You know, just like ones that you definitely watch. I know that some of these we already talked about how how we you know mentioned these movies a million times on this podcast but anything that you want to just mention right off the bat yeah so so i'm gonna say you know obviously we've mentioned a lot um frankenstein meets the wolf man house of dracula house of frankenstein but i'm, I'm just dropping those but there's there's a lot of other ones that i watched you know at the very beginning in august september and even october and so i'm gonna i have three that I'm going to throw at you and then I have a couple of other other ones that I'm just going to throw out there real quick as well. Um the first one I'm going to talk about is Mad Monster Party uh that was oh, released yeah. on March 8th of 1967 and it was directed by Jules Bass. Um I'm going to read a summary uh that was on IMDb and uh this is such a great little movie. I know you and I love this. Um but I'm going to read yeah, a little just summary here for people to real quick before you read that. These are this is this, they're made by Rankin and Bass, who made like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, and it's done in that that uh, stop motion um, that everyone loves so much. And, and it is really it is really really cool. Yeah. So before I actually read the summary, I, I also want to kind of bring in a little memory. So I remember. Um, my dad recorded this on a VHS tape and then you and I got to watch it. And I remember we were so excited about this because this was one of the first movies that kind of brought all the monsters together, um, in a yeah. neat castle, neat lighting. Um, it was on this Island 
And the way they did this movie, I just think it was so fun. Um, but it was one of the first movies that I think you and I saw, maybe excluding maybe Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, where they bring, you know, the two monsters together. Um, but yeah, this, this movie really has had everything, everything in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me read this summary. Real Dude, quick. Do you it remember? Says, do you remember oh, on the tape? The tape that dad recorded right before it was the Canterville ghost. And I forget what year oh, it was. Yeah. I don't have it in front of me. Yeah. But we always we would always get the tape ready because we'd have to fast forward to, to find Mad Monster Party. And it would always be like, okay, here's the end of the movie. And they were like dragging this bomb around. Yeah. And you they're know, like, the what's Jeep all this hooey to... about ticking? And then all it's of a sudden a it like blows up. Yeah, and I remember that specific part because, yeah, we would always rewind it back to that part, and then the movie would start. That's funny that you even remember that. Yeah, because we always would rewind. It's like we were trying to get to Mad Monster Party, but we... We just were cracking up because he's like, it's a dead. And he gets up and then yeah, the thing and then it blows, like blows up. the whole thing up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, all the commercials, you know, because yeah, dad recorded it when we weren't home. So it was like thrifty Halloween commercials, like costume oh, yeah. commercials. Yeah. That, that always rem- So that movie definitely feels like Halloween to me because all those commercials kind of went along with, you know, the memories of that movie. And I, I think he still has the VHS tape, but for all you I people have out there... Oh, do you have it? I have the tape. Oh, yeah, I thought, I I thought Dad still had it. Well, I mean, nope. for anybody that wants to actually check the movie out, you could get it on DVD um, and and just plop it in and watch it with the DVD. So I don't know if you could, if you could stream it like from... Uh, from any of the Digital streaming, you know, like Netflix or anything, but I'm I'm almost positive you could you could get it and watch it, you know, with DVD. So, but let me read it's this worth summary real quick. Down. So it says, when Doctor Frankenstein's to decides to retire from monster making business, he calls an international roster of monsters to a creepy convention to elect his successor. Everyone is there, including Dracula, the wolf, the werewolf. The Creature, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and many more. But Frankenstein's title is not all that's at stake. The famous doctor has also discovered the secret of total destruction that must not fall into the wrong hands. Mad Monster Party! Mad Monster Party! Starring Boris Karloff, and in order of their appearance, Dracula. Frankenstein, the werewolf, the hunchback, the mummy, Dr. Jekyll, <laughs> and in order of his disappearance, the invisible man. Also starring Phyllis Diller as the hostess with the least. <laughs> Mad Monster Party! <laughs> it's a come-as-you-are party that's out of this world. You don't get invited. You get committed. It's a psychedelic scary. With the grooviest ghouls of all time. Mad Monster Party! <laughs> yeah. 
want anyone? It's a blast. And it's just kind of a neat little movie, so um, definitely check There's it out. There's just one thing. There's like one song that I still, to this day, always fast forward through, and I'm gonna. I'm sure you know what it is because we used to I know fast exactly forward through what it, it together. Is. <laughs> which, which one? Uh, Do you remember the one where uh, that the woman there is singing to? Uh, I think it was Dracula. <laughs> Yeah. yeah uh, or no, it was, yeah, it was Felix. Or no, Blanken. not Felix. Was it Felix? How the heck did Blanken it go or... again? Um... Oh, it may have been Dracula, Francesca, because I think she was trying to convince Dracula to go to get Felix Flanken. Yeah, I, <laughs> we I hated can't... that I thing. Think that's, we just I don't know, because I always it. fast forward it. It's like there are a couple songs in the thing, but that one, I always fast forward through it. I can't yeah, if you ever it. need to take a break, that would be the time to take the break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's definitely a fun movie, though. But um, so for me, so I start trying to get into Halloween in August. And uh, so what I'll usually start with are the Universal Classic Monster movies. Um, you know, like, that we already talked about a million times on this podcast. I, I love that intro. Any movie I see with, with that opening means monster movies to me. You oh, know, it's... You, yeah. That's... that's the one that they have before Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. So if, if I'm watching a movie and it has that universal opening, immediately I just think monster movies. Yeah, that's same with me. If any time I ever hear that, the the next thing I think of is the opening to Frankenstein meets the Wolfman with all the little fog coming out or the smoke coming out of the test tubes and stuff. Yeah. Dee, dee, dee. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I love it. But I, you know, I'm I'm pretty excited. I sent you that this that article that their Universal, yeah, they they backed out of their whole dark universe thing that they were gonna do after the Tom Cruise Mummy movie in 2017 kind of failed. But I guess now they're trying to reboot monster movies, but they're not gonna do it in the superhero kind of universe that they were talking about. So this new Invisible Man that they're working on. Is written and directed by Leigh Wanell, who did, uh, he wrote Insidious. He did some James Wan movies, um, Insidious, The Conjuring. And then it's produced by Jason Blum through his Blumhouse Productions banner. So I'm really hoping that they're going to revitalize the classic Universal Monster movie and that they're going to be able to, to keep making them. So. In any event, yeah, August is typically Universal Classic Monster Movies. September will be Hammer Horror Films for me, which we talked a little bit about. A lot of Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing films, and they, they kind of did, you know, the classic monsters, Frankenstein, Dracula, The Mummy. They have uh, a Gorgon movie that's really cool. Um, and then, of course, in September... Um, I watched the 1986 version of Little Shop of Horrors, which I'll watch on September 23rd. And for those that know the movie, they'll know the reason for that date. Uh, but then once we get to October, then I like to watch movies that are more related to Halloween. So there's a movie that came out in 2012. It was a little 
animated movie called Dear Dracula, which the animation for today's standards is is not very good at all. It almost looks like a a tiny little you know a little a toddler's animated show. Yeah, that I mean it's pretty cheese, but Nick it's Jr. still neat. Still but neat. It's, yeah, the the story is really cool. It it has a lot of great Halloween feel to it. And so that one I love to watch. I still love to watch Ernest Scared Stupid, which well, came hold on, out in to go 91. back to to go back to Dear Dracula. Dad watches that thing I think year round. So oh, Dad what dude Dad and I we would talk we'd be talking on the phone and he's like you know, about Dear Dracula's Dear Dracula and that he had already watched it once or twice. He's like, You know what, I think I'm gonna watch it again. And yeah, then I was, and it has Ray Liotta then, in it. Um, yeah, he's the Ray Liotta's Dracula. Dracula. Come on, huh? <laughs> Ray Liotta's Dracula. You can't beat that. But it's really cool. It's a yeah. fun movie, and it really has a good Halloween feel to it. So that one definitely pumps me up. Ernest Scared Stupid, not the greatest movie, but there's a lot of cool nostalgia to it, and a lot of the decorations are like the old paper decorations and things that you know we saw in the late 80s early 90s so that's neat you know hocus pocus from 93 is a great one i like to watch and then of course one of the greatest tv shows ever erie indiana they have a a halloween episode called scariest home videos which aired on october 20th 1991 i definitely like watching that one the halloween tree the ray bradbury story i remember I wanted it to be so much more than it was, and it is great. I really like the book. I really like the the cartoon. It's kind of growing on me, but I, I definitely wanted it to be more about Halloween, you know, modern Halloween, and you know, I, trick I like or the idea that. of that one. I I wanted to like it more, but the the cartoon just didn't really do it for me. But the idea. And I think the story, didn't you say Ray Bradbury did that? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I I think his story was great. I just, the animation on there just, I don't know. It didn't, didn't really do anything for me. Well, it's just, um, it, goes, really... it, goes in, it goes into the origins of Halloween, which sound cool and all that, but it just, all the rituals and all that. It, to me, like, I, I, for, I don't know, for some reason, I, I just wanted it to be more about modern day you know the the commercialization of of halloween believe it or i mean it, that's what's well, fun yeah. to me you know uh but then another one that i think you know captures halloween really well monsters versus aliens uh the the short mutant pumpkins from outer space from 2009 which we talked about in our oh, aliens yeah. episode it's, that one's neat. it's a cool feeling halloween opening. movie um, and then, of course, Goosebumps 2, which came out in 2018. I don't care what people say. I love the dang thing. Halloween with pumpkins and mice. Halloween. It's so nice. Halloween. Yeah, There's so many monsters movie. in there. Cool Halloween stuff. Um, and then there's a movie that definitely feels like Halloween to me, and that's Ed Wood from 1999. There's only one scene that that takes place on Halloween, but that movie came out in October of 1999. And I remember um, the Sci-Fi Channel did Legends of Horror Month, which was hosted by Christopher Lee. The previous year, it was Legends of Horror 
and they would do like, oh, I'm sorry, it was uh, Classic Monsters, which they did uh, a week of, of Mummy movies, a week of Dracula movies, a week of Frankenstein, and a week of Wolfman. But the 1999, they did Legends of Horror, and they did a week of Peter Cushing, a week of Boris Karloff, a week of Bela Lugosi, and a week of Lon Chaney Jr. And I taped pretty much every movie. And during the commercials, they would have you know, the Ed Wood trailers, and then they would have Wes Craven's New Nightmare. So those movies, you know, just watching those movies make me think of Halloween because it brings me back to, to that year. And another thing that brings me back to Halloween, and I don't know if you remember this, but The Dark Crystal in 1982, we were put into a room to watch that movie. It was a, a school classroom while our parents were setting up a haunted house in room number nine, which ended up being my fifth grade class later, you know, in years to come. But I think we were maybe in second and third grade or something. And every every Halloween carnival, um, they my you know dad and and mom and and other I think the neighbors and other friends helped build this haunted house. And so it would be like the night before, like a Friday night, we would go to the school. And they, this one year, they stuck us in the neighboring classroom and had us watch The Dark Crystal. And I, so I don't remember that, that at all. I remember you brought that up earlier, and I, I don't remember that at all. I do remember the room, and you know, obviously the uh, the setting up of the haunted house in there because I, I think I played a ghost one year that was in a graveyard and. I got to rise up and scare people as they were walking through. That was always fun. <laughs> those carnivals. I, I don't remember that, but I've seen Dark those Crystal carnivals a million were times. Neat. Yeah, and then um, then there's Dead Alive, also known as Brain Dead, came out in 1992, and I remember watching that when we were setting up the haunted house in Roanoke Park when we did it through the garage. I remember, I think I was taping it or something from a Bradley Video VHS or something, and then. Bram Stoker's Dracula, which came out in November, uh, came out November thirteenth, nineteen ninety two. So it was after Halloween, but I remember Halloween was kind of still in my bones. So I still watched that in October to get me set up for Halloween. Um, but I'm gonna do my top three, unless you have some other movies. I have a top three movies that I like to watch for Halloween. Those were just some that I wanted to mention real quick. Yeah, yeah I guess those it wasn't really that quick. Yeah, that was quite a, a list of of movies to throw out there. I thought Real that quick. was going to be like your your three, and I already put my one out there, which was Mad Monster Party. So I'll just go on to my second one, um, uh. <laughs> which is uh, it's it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Not again! Writing a letter to a stupid pumpkin. You make me the laughing stock of the neighborhood. All they talk about is my little brother, who always writes to the Great Pumpkin. You better cut it out right now or I'll pound you. There are three things they have learned never to discuss with people. Religion, politics, and the Great Pumpkin. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. It was released October 27th, 1966. Obviously, it was written by Charles Schultz and directed by uh, Bill Melendez. Um... I'm not going to go into like too much detail. I'm sure most people who are into Halloween has have seen this cartoon. Um, what makes it, I think, dear to me is I make everybody in my family watch this. Um, and what we do is 
all the Halloween decorations have to be up, which, I mean, they're already up anyways, because I start putting my Halloween decorations up at, like, September 15th, or at least the first weekend that's close to the 15th of September. Um, But once all of the, the Halloween decorations are up, I immediately get everybody to come over. They all know that they have to come over. All the lights are on, so we have orange lights all over the house. Um, Every room in the house has some sort of Halloween decoration in there. We make apple cider, or some people have, you know, hot chocolate. Um, And then then we we dim the lights, and we throw on uh, uh, It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and we just sit there and watch it. And everybody loves it. It's like a tradition. Um, in our household and everybody knows that, that we're going to watch this movie. So, um, if you haven't seen it, uh, you need to see it if you're into Halloween or even monsters. I mean, it's just, it's a great little cartoon. So, and I know you watch it probably every year too. Yeah, I watch it every year. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's fun for me. It's fun for our family. And, and I, I love the heck out. It always just makes Halloween. I know it's coming. And that's what makes it even more exciting is like that anticipation. I know uh, watching this movie, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, Halloween's right around the corner. Uh, and I like getting cozy. It's always cold here. And uh, so it's neat. So, yeah. Nice. So I'm going to go to my number three. I know you're on your two, but uh, I'm going to go on my three, which is Scooby-Doo and the Goblin King from 2008. And the reason I love this movie is... I used to always watch Scooby-Doo as a kid, but this movie takes place on Halloween and it has pretty much every monster you could think of from the headless horsemen and werewolves and vampires to ghosts and then of course goblins. But there's also a bunch of monsters from the Scooby-Doo shows. So it has the werewolf ghost from Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Werewolf. It has the Phantom Shadow from A Night of Fright is No Delight. The Creeper from Jeepers, it's the Creeper. Uh, it has the Zombie from Which Witch is Witch. A Ghost of, of Mr. Hyde from Nowhere to Hide. A ton, there's a ton of, of monsters, pretty much everything. I mean, King Kong and Godzilla are not in it, but pretty much any monster you could think of is in this thing. And anything that you get excited about for Halloween is in this in this movie. Um, really cool movie. I know it's not totally your cup of tea, Tom, because it's you know it has a lot of humor and jokes and silly things in it. But I I you love know, I it. I mean, it was you know, fun. It was fun. I my expectation of it was a little bit different, but you know, I'm not saying that I don't like humorous things, but when it comes to Halloween. Humor is fine. Obviously, we have a lot of it in the book. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of the times when I'm watching movies, I want it to kind of be a little bit more serious. Um, you know, obviously, the It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown isn't serious. But, you know, they, they had more of like the serious side of it. And it was still fun with the trick-or-treating and stuff like that. But, you know, back to the to the, the Goblin King there. I mean, it I don't know. I thought it was going to be a little bit different, but it does definitely have a lot, a lot of monsters in it. So if you want to yeah, see I mean, all the monsters, yeah, it's that's, packed. You should watch it. You know, it's got it's got cemeteries. It's got a Halloween amusement park. It's got a haunted train. So you know, if you like the Polar Express, this is kind of like the equivalent to that, but for Halloween, really cool. 
Um, just a little tidbit, this was the first Scooby-Doo animated direct-to-video film to be made without William Hanna and Joseph Barbera, who died in... Uh, William Hanna died in 2001, Joseph Barbera died in 2006. So this was the first movie after they died, and they pretty much were involved in everything, Hanna-Barbera, up to that point. Oh, well, but I that was my number that. three. Yeah. Um, do you want? Should I do my number two since you're on your number two, or do you want to do your number one? No, I'm. I'm I, I didn't really go like one, two, three. I'm just naming three movies. There, there's no real uh, okay. order. But I'll I'll name another one because then I'll let you do your last one after I do my last one here, and then I'll have honorable mentions anyway. So. Um, okay. My my last one that I have is House on Haunted Hill. Uh, with Vincent Price, that was released uh, on February 17, 1959, um, and it was directed by William Castle. You just can't you you can't go wrong with Vincent Price. House on Haunted Hill. I watch it every Halloween um, on the night after I've you know cleaned up my haunted house uh, that I make. I get everything in, and then I come in. I, I get some apple cider, some hot apple cider, and I sit down and I throw this movie in. And the next question you're going to probably ask me is, why do I watch this every Halloween? And honestly, I have no idea why I watch this every <laughs> Halloween. For whatever reason, it became a tradition, I don't even know how long ago, years and years ago. It probably was because Dad padded on one year and and we we watched it and the next thing i know i was i i just wanted to watch it every halloween so i've watched it every year and real quick i want to throw a clip in of the very beginning um because a lot of people know about this this very beginning um there was a facebook post that was in one of these halloween groups and they they had like a little meme to the opening so let's listen to that clip right now I'm Frederick Lauren, and I've rented the house on Haunted Hill tonight so that my wife can give a party, a haunted house party. <laughs> She's so amusing. There'll be food and drink and ghosts, and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. If any of you will spend the next 12 hours in this house, I'll give you each $10,000, or your next of kin in case you don't survive. Ah, but here come our other guests. So there it is. I, I love this movie. Definitely a, a neat little tradition for us on Halloween night. Um, I watch it all the time, and it's it's just great. So uh, you can go on to, nice. to your number two, I think. Yeah, so number two, uh, the movie Trick or Treat from 2007. And this movie, it just has a little bit of everything that you want from a Halloween movie. It is it is a horror movie and it can be a little demented, which is typically not what I love, but it just has a little it has the poisoning of the candy fear that you get 
in you know for in, you know the the that's a scary thing that you think about at Halloween. That's like one of the little stories. There's another like coming of age story with with one of the characters, uh, and and that's always something that you think about with Halloween. Halloween is definitely a coming of age holiday. You know, are you going to be old enough to go trick or treating? When are you too old to be trick or treating? Um, so there's definitely a lot of stages of Halloween where you go from not being able to go by yourself to being able to go by yourself to not going anymore to setting up, you know, maybe haunted houses of your own. Um, so I, I like that aspect of it. Then there was the the local legend story in there, which in this case was the the kids who who supposedly went over in this bus and they were still alive in this rock quarry. So there's always like a local legend or, you know, where that house is haunted, you know, something in every little town that that kids talk about amongst themselves on Halloween that you can get, you know, scared about. So that's why I like it. There's just a lot of really great atmospheric stuff that really just makes you feel like Halloween. I mean, just some cool little um, trivia. Well, yeah, the trick-or-treat settings like in there. I mean, it wasn't my favorite movie either. I mean, a lot of the stuff that you're mentioning is not my favorite stuff, but it definitely had that that neat nostalgia sort of sort of environment where the kids are running around, you know, going trick-or-treating. Plus, didn't it have the... The tradition with the if you blow the candle out in the pumpkin. Oh yeah, it has all yeah. the rule. They talk about all the. I should have got all those rules, but I believe we put them in. We put all the rules in the book. In yeah, our I book, think we did know, mention the movie and yeah. But there's a couple, a little, a little trivia here. I guess there were there were a ton of references to John Carpenter films. So, in the school bus story, there evidently was a 1958 Plymouth Fury in the background of one of the scenes or in one of the shots. Which the 1958 Plymouth Fury was the car John Carpenter used in his movie Christine. Um, and then one of the characters says, "You got to be effing kidding me," except he uses the real word, which. Um, when he he says that when he sees a hand moving independently from a body, which is kind of a nod to a similar scene in John Carpenter's movie The Thing, and then according to this article I read on Dread Central, if you look at Brian Cox's character, I guess he actually modeled it after John Carpenter on on his look. Um, so that is pretty interesting. You know, there's a lot of John Carpenter nods uh, in the in the movie. So just an interesting little, no, that's little bit neat. of trivia. So that was my number two. Yeah, so uh, the last thing, I mean, I'm just going to do some honorable mentions of movies that I watch. I'm not going to go into a huge list that you had at the beginning there, but uh, just a couple <laughs> of things that I watch. Uh, um, I always watch Van Helsing uh, from 2004. Not the greatest movie, uh, but definitely action-packed. I love the opening sequence. Um, uh I watch that pretty much every Halloween season. Um, I watch uh, a movie called The Ghost Breakers, 1940. Uh, the Cat and the Canary, 1939. All of the Abbott and Costello meets like Frankenstein, The Wolfman, The Invisible Man. Um, all all of those are, are great. I would say that uh, it's interesting because uh, going back to the, the Ghost Breakers and The Cat and the Canary, 
Um, Bob Hope was in those, uh, and, uh, Paulette Goddard, um, those movies I, I like now because, uh, the week, a week before, uh, Halloween, I think for the last two or three years, I've gone to, to dad's and just kind of sat at his house and we, we, uh, we wait for it to be nighttime. Uh, we usually watch a bunch of Sherlock Holmes movies, but, uh, a couple of years ago, we, we threw on these, these movies and we were having tea and it was dark and you know, the way his, his, uh, living room is where it's really dim. And, uh, we were watching both of these movies and all of a sudden it just became a tradition kind of like, uh, you know, house on haunted Hill. And so having that memory, just sitting there with my dad, it's dark, it's nice and warm in the house and you're cozied up watching this movie and watching, well, both of the movies and, you know, they're horror movies, um, with a little bit of comedy in there, obviously from Bob Hope. It was just, these are neat to watch. So if you haven't seen those, check them out. Obviously, like I said, all the Abbott and Costellos and, and Van Helsing. So that, those are my honorable mentions. Um, obviously we have a ton more. I have a ton more that I could throw at you, but I'm not going to. So we'll go to your, uh, (laughs) number three or number one. Number, and, uh, I'm on my number one. So my number yeah. one, of course, is kind of an obvious one for me, and that is the original Halloween from John Carpenter in 1978. But I, I kind of like coupling the first three Halloween movies, the, the Halloween 2, 1981, and even Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, 1982. Uh, you know, a lot of people hated it because it, there was no Michael Myers, but all three of those movies, to me really give a nice feel of Halloween it just feels like when we were kids running through the streets you know the pumpkins in the windowsills there's something about they're just they just are classics it just feels like Halloween to me so it, it you know obviously the music is great and feels like Halloween and there were many Halloweens where I played you know that theme song out the window so of course when I hear that it just feels like Halloween and then Halloween 2, when they're in that hospital, they used to play that on TV every year. And, of course, I would sit there and watch it. And so, yeah, again, you find yourself gravitating to these movies because you want to you wanna feel like Halloween is here and those movies always deliver because, uh, you know just what the movies are, you know, the the scenes and the atmosphere and all that, but also what you, you know, watched in the past on those Halloweens just make you think of those times. And so it's like Halloween's here when I watch those movies. Time kids, the clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it and don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking, it's almost time. And a, a little uh, tidbit about Halloween um, when I was a newspaper reporter, I got to interview Bob Clark, who you may know as uh, directing A Christmas Story, and he directed Porky's. He also directed the original Black Christmas. And 
I don't, I wish I still had my tape, you know, because I was recording him. And he talked about how if he was going to do a sequel to Black Christmas, because Black Christmas is very much like Halloween. There's a killer, and uh, but it's at Christmas time. He said if he was going to do a sequel to Black Christmas, it would be it would take place on Halloween, and the killer would would um, come back from a mental institution or something. Um, anyway, I found a clip. From, I can't remember if it was from a commentary track or a behind-the-scenes vignette, but it's, it's not the greatest recording, but I'm going to go ahead and play it where he talks about it. I was going to direct a film that John wrote a couple of years after Black Christmas. He was a big fan of Black Christmas. He was just beginning his career. And John had asked me, whether he remembers or not, I think he does. He may not. He asked me if I was ever going to do a sequel, and I said no. His film was the last horror film I was going to do. I had started out, I had a great admiration for the form, but I didn't start out to be just a horror film director, but a director. But if I did do a sequel, he said, what would you do? And I said, well, what I thought I'd do is I would make it the following fall, somehow in the interim, the killer had been caught, he'd been institutionalized, and I would have him escape one night and uh, now he's free in the community and nobody knows it at first and he starts stalking them again at the Black Christmas sorority house and I was going to call it Halloween. Now when you think of what John Carpenter did, wrote a script really quite different from that idea, just a basic core of it, like a sentence, cast it, directed it, edited it, did the music, you know, what is it? Oh, maybe the title Halloween, he should have given me a little footnote, but I didn't own that either. And I'm sure there were probably eight other people thinking of it. It was amazing to me that no one had ever done a movie to that point called Halloween. So anyway, um, that was that was him explaining what basically became Halloween. Um, anyway, so... Yeah, there's a million other movies that we could probably mention, oh, yeah. but it's 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 getting early, and we're probably gonna have to get out of here before the zombies find us. Um, so I think we should probably take off. I think what I'm gonna actually do is is go out and speaking of movies, I think I'm gonna go check out that scary stories to tell in the dark because that just came out, and and I definitely yep, wanna I want to go that. see that as well. So yeah, we got there's some cool movies coming out. This year we got It Chapter Two, Child's Play, Zombieland Two, so uh, and and then of course the animated Adams Family movie, which which looks really cool. But uh, we yeah let's let's go ahead and take off out of here because like I said I think these zombies are probably gonna find us soon. So yeah, anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap this thing up? Nope, I I uh, got through my entire list. Uh, probably could have added a million more things, but yeah, I think we're good. All right, cool. So to, to take us out of this episode, instead of doing uh, a track from an old Halloween record album we had as kids, uh, this time I was thinking, since we're doing an episode about zombies and movies, we'll play a clip from a zombie movie. And that movie, uh, 1968's Night of the Living Dead, and uh, this was uh, a scene that we had seen in this it was like these horror movie awards Bruce Campbell hosted in like the 1990s. I remember they played this scene and you and I, there was just something about it that was really creepy and really cool. And it just got us excited about it. 
And then, of course, when we saw the movie, when you brought home that Night of the Living Dead on VHS from Blockbuster when you worked there, you know, we were definitely not disappointed. (laughs) So, um, okay, so, yeah, so here is the clip from uh, Night of the Living Dead. And uh, with that, uh, you know, have a good night. So uh, roll the film. You used to really be scared here. Johnny. You're still afraid. Stop it now. I mean it. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. Stop it. You're acting like a child. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. He'll hear you. Here he comes now. I'm getting out of here. Johnny. 